Welcome to Crossroads, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and Christian living. Crossroads is part of the media ministry at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. Get to know us by visiting us online at fapc.org. Hi, I'm Jamie Staley, Director of Christian Education at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. This Lenten season at Fifth Avenue, we are talking about some Lenten spiritual practices, looking at uh, different things that we can add to our Lenten journey to become closer with God. And so in our podcast, um, I am today talking to Reverend Sarah Speed, and we are here talking about writing. Um, I was really excited when she first came on board here at Fifth Avenue to discover that uh, she is a writer. I've seen all sorts of great things that she has written, and um, we've had some conversations about uh, what it means to write as a spiritual practice, and I wanted her to be able to share some of these things with you. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. So, Sarah, how did you get started writing as a spiritual practice? Mm, that's a good question. I think um, I think it probably began my senior year of college. Uh, I had some friends that invited me to go to a poetry slam reading, <laughs> which was taking place at this tiny little Ethiopian restaurant near campus. And uh, it happened on Monday night. And they cleared out. My memory is that they cleared out all of the tables and chairs in the restaurant and pushed them up against the wall and then set up the chairs almost like pews. So you walked into the restaurant and it kind of looked like you were walking into church. (laughs) And so I took my seat and um, remember just being captivated by the people that were reading poetry. Um, Mm -hmm. And they they were honest and they spoke of... um, they spoke of heartbreak and they spoke of uh, their dreams and and it was vulnerable. And sometimes you'd see someone get up there shaking because they were nervous. And wow. no matter how um, well it went or did not go, the room always applauded after each mm. person read. And I remember that night getting goosebumps so many times and leaving the restaurant and feeling like saying to myself that that felt like church. Like Mm. it felt like church because I felt like people were speaking honestly and were sharing their prayers and were being supported and seen by that community. Mm. So then, um, I became addicted and went like every (laughs) week and just sat in the back row and marveled at the creativity of other people and the way they saw the world. Um, and I think that semester I wrote my first poem and just kept Mm. it for myself. Um, and then uh, down the road was helping, uh, with a youth ministry conference at Montreat and someone asked um, if I could write something. We had had a conversation about how I was interested in poetry. And I think that was the first time that I wrote something to be read. Um, Mm. And from there, um, I just couldn't stop. I think for me, it felt like this, um, this practice of being honest. Mm. And um, I felt like I was praying with my pen and, um, and so I just kept writing and it has, it has evolved at, at that. At first, it was not really a refined spiritual practice. <laughs> now I would say it is my most consistent spiritual practice. Um, mm. But it all started at that like college slam poetry reading 
in an Ethiopian restaurant. <laughs> I really love that. I love that. I love the aspect of uh, that, that you said they were supported by the community, whether or yeah. not they were good, that, yeah. that people applauded. That is that is like church, I, I yeah. hope. It I felt hope. like church. Yeah, it felt like church. So, <laughs> so awesome. you said that you have fine-tuned it a little bit since then. So why do you consider this a spiritual practice? That's a good question. I think... Um, I, I feel like the goal of almost all spiritual practices are to help us pay attention mm. to God in our midst. And so for so many of us, a spiritual practice is anything that can help kind of quiet the clutter of our minds and help us um, see where God is at work in the world. Um, and so for me, writing does all of that. When I am, when I am in a regular writing practice, I have become aware that I just pay attention differently. Mm. Like I look for moments of joy and heartbreak and gratitude. And I find myself um, almost seeing the world more romantically. Mm. Like everything feels like it could be a poem, <laughs> um, which is probably annoying to my friends and husband who are like, it's not poetry. It's the subway, you know? Um, but I do, I, I think I see the world differently I pay better attention and then and then when I write I it's time for me to to process that and so many of the poems that I write are either a prayer of gratitude or a protest for the brokenness in the world and the way that I know that God longs for it to be different mm. um and so uh yeah I I think it helps me pay attention it helps me see God in my midst mm. and so that makes it a spiritual practice for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, along those same lines, how do you feel like this has brought you closer to God? Mm. That's a good question. I think one of the ways it feels like I, I feel closer to God is I feel like I am being my authentic self when I write. Mm. I think when I write, I'm not like there's a, a mask that gets removed. I'm not being my shiny self. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no... Like best foot forward, you're just like putting it on the page and you're, and you're being honest, or at least I feel like that is a space where I can just be honest and authentic about um, holy rage mm. or great disappointment or whatever. Um, and in feeling like I'm being my full and honest self, I think that um, helps me feel closer to God because I feel like I'm honoring the creation that God made me to be. Um, but I also think in, I really view God as a creator. Um, mm. And really, it was in seminary that I became enamored with this idea of God as an artist. Um, and so when if I believe, and I do, that God is this inherently artistic creator, then when I also lean into my own creativity, I feel like I am um, bumping elbows with the divine because we're, we're doing that together. Mm. Um, so that helps me feel closer to God. It's hmm. really beautiful. Um, are there any tips? So uh, one of the one of the things that we do in our Lenten spiritual practices that meet in person or our virtual group um, is uh, I love to be able to give people ideas on on how to do this themselves at home um, and whether or not they're you know just starting out or whether they write for other things. Are there any tips you can give um, to folks who would like to take up a spiritual practice of writing? Yes. So the first. I would say is you've got to let go of the fear and the shame, <laughs> um, which is the the first most important thing in any creative task. But that is particularly true for adults. Mm. Almost all adults at some point or another decide 
that they either are or are not creative. Mm. Um, and that usually comes from childhood affirmation where some teacher either said, oh, you're a good writer or they didn't. <laughs> and so we pick up the <laughs> message that like, oh, I'm not a good writer. That's not for me. So I think the first challenge in, in honing a spiritual practice in writing is you've just got to let that go. You just mm. have to trust that like, this is between you and God and, and it is not a perfection game. Mm. And so if there are wounds from the past or if you're feeling insecure or if you feel like mm, that's really reserved for these other people, then first you have to take that off the mm. table. I think the second thing is just um, is to find a, a rhythm that works for you and a style that works for you. Mm -hmm. So um, the probably the first and most regular writing practice I had was just journaling. And that was very much just for me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, poetry, I, I write more consistently and share in a couple of different places. But my first practice was journaling. So if you're um, if you're wanting to write and you're not wanting to share, like journaling is a great way to do that. And um, again, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. There's another practice that is similar to journaling, but a little nuanced um, that Julia Cameron promotes, which she wrote the book, The Artist's Way. Um, and I would highly recommend that book. It, it really is designed to be um, like a 12 week course that you move through by yourself and there's creative prompts and mm. reading and assignments each week. Um, and two of the practices that she promotes for every single week of that 12 week course is that you take yourself on an artist date, which means you just give yourself a block of time to do something creative, oh. anything creative. But the second thing that she promotes is, is called morning pages. And this is relates really closely to this writing conversation. Um, and morning pages are, um, Julia Cameron says it's, it's really important <laughs> every morning to write three longhand stream of thought pages wow. and just write it. And it is, um, you are not like stopping and thinking you're just, you're clearing your mind. You're mm -hmm. getting all of the gunk out. You're getting all of the distractions out. Sometimes in that stream of thought, things will bubble to the surface. It will be like, Oh, I didn't realize I was paying so much attention to that, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, but Julia Cameron really argues that if you, if you get into that practice, then all of a sudden you, A, begin to give yourself room to even think creatively, mm. and B, you will start to notice patterns or things that continue to come up that you can maybe focus on. So mm. I am not a regular morning page person, but I do think if you are wanting to just start somewhere, that's a really easy place yeah. to start. Um, and I also think framing that as... Um, you can kind of take those morning pages and say, okay, God, this is my messy, very distracted prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like in here, I've got the qualms about the this schedule conflict, or I don't know what I'm cooking for dinner, or I'm feeling yeah. insecure and whatever. And and you just give it up and you say, okay, this is this is the real, raw, scattered brain and heart, and I'm offering it to you, and and then you move on. Mm. Um, so that's that's one place to start. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing is just reading what other people are writing and seeing if that inspires or if you can imitate and practice. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've been so inspired by so many other poets mm. that just like, uh, 
I read their work and I'm like, oh, me too, me too. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah. So, so two things on that. Um, first, um, we just did a uh, webinar the other night on um, Christian mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Ariane said is, you know, so often we think that when we are being quiet, that our minds should be empty. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those rambling thoughts and those things that are coming up can be prayers, just yeah. like, you know, what you're saying about these, this writing. Um, and so to not feel embarrassed or think like, well, I can't meditate because yeah. I can't clear my mind, you know, yeah. um, but that sometimes those things are an important part of the process to get through that and to, right. to offer those things as prayers to God. So that sounds really similar to what you're saying about getting those rambling thoughts out on paper and, yeah. and offering that as a prayer. Secondly, um, and I didn't, I didn't prep you for this one, but do you have some favorite poets that, um, that, that you love? Yeah. Um, I mean, probably the first poet that I ever loved was Mary Oliver, which mm. is one so many people love because <laughs> I do think she's, she's easy to understand yeah. and she is deeply rooted in joy and gratitude. I mean, so many of her poems are just expressions of joy and gratitude. Um, I like Hafiz, who is an ancient poet. Um, he often talks about God as the sun, which is interesting. Um, but his poems have been translated, so they're they might feel they're they're signs of it being removed from the original language. Mm. Um, I really love Brian Doyle. He wrote a book called um, A Book of Uncommon Prayer, mm. and it is um, like a hundred different prayers that are just so whimsical and joyful and his vocabulary is incredible. And I just, I revisit his book, um, over and over and over again. And then I have found a handful of poets, uh, online that, that share on social media platforms that I, that I really love. Um, Kate Bear, Jess Jans. Mm. There's a lot of them. Um, tell us a little bit about your poetry writing that you do on a, on a daily basis. What, yeah. <laughs> it's relatively daily, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, a couple okay. times a week. <laughs> uh, so I have been writing poetry and liturgy for several years now with a, um, a company called Sanctified Art, which creates um, resources for churches to mm -hmm. use in different liturgical seasons. Um, and so I had been doing that for a long time. And then uh, the pandemic hit mm. and my little sensitive heart was just like <laughs> full to the brim and needed more space for processing. Um, and so for sanctified art, I was always writing poetry specific to a Bible passage mm. or a theme. So I would be given like, we need you to write a poem on peace, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stir up in myself and, and process and write. When the pandemic hit, I found that I just needed other spaces. Like I just had other emotions and other experiences outside of what I was already being assigned that I just found um, I needed to process in writing on my own. Um, and so for a long time, I just had a Google Doc saved on my computer where I just was writing poetry on my own and it just lived and died there. Um, and I didn't share, I know, I didn't share with anybody. And it just became this like growing, growing, growing Word doc, I mean, mm -hmm. like dozens of pages of poetry. And um, finally, I was like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll start sharing some of this. So I do have um, a writing page. It's on Instagram and Facebook. And it's 
online. Um, it's called Writing the Good. Um, and uh, for me, I, I try to write two to three poems a week just inspired by um, the events of the day. Um, and and most of the poems are either, like I said earlier, it's, it's um, slowing down to appreciate what is good in the world or it's... Um, it's protest prayer for what I hope, where I long for there to be more good. Um, and that has been, I mean, that's been such a healing practice for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, would you be willing to share, um, one of your poems with us just so that we can hear how you write <laughs> and get a little bit of a sense of, um, of this as your spiritual practice? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I have a poem that I wrote for Sanctified Art called What I Forgot. Um, and this is a poem that's actually written for the third week of Lent, um, inspired by the parable of the fig tree, mm. um, where people are wanting to cut down the fig tree because it's mm. not producing fruit. Uh, and Jesus says, you know, give it a year. We'll wait. Um, <laughs> and so this is, uh, this is my poem on called What I Forgot. Sometimes I wish I was the fig tree. No fruit here, just soaking up the sun, growing roots, turning green, stretching out my branches until I can hug the horizon. Sometimes I wish I was the fig tree because she doesn't produce and she's not exhausted and she probably gets eight hours of sleep at night and her branches, unlike my shoulders, are not heavy with work pulled toward the ground, threatening to break. And her trunk, unlike my spine, is not fighting to stand tall while holding it all together. Sometimes I wish I was the fig tree because she knows what I forgot many years ago. You are still worthy, even if you don't produce. Hmm, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, so was that, that was a passage that you mentioned with sanctified art, they give you kind of the theme and then mm -hmm. you kind of, kind of go with us. Can you, mm -hmm. um, if you remember, I don't know when you wrote this, but could, do you remember any of you, like your pro thought process as far as when you were first reading the passage and how this came about? Yeah. Um, the theme, uh, the theme for that week was, um, was you are worthy and so I, I was just doing a lot of reflecting on um, how I tend to measure my worth. Mm. And I am, am guilty of often measuring my worth in what I produce. Mm. Um, and so this parable of the fig tree is just like so fascinating to me mm. where worth is proclaimed and there is, there is patience declared even, um, even in the lack of producing. So that, I mean, that just resonated with me in a really um, personal and intimate way. And um, I found that I was like jealous of the soil that that tree was in. <laughs> and anytime, like I, I often feel like writing is so much richer when I can truly tap into an emotion mm. that likely is shared by other people, but are not always things that we talk about. Mm. Um, like I love, I love when writing can, can speak truth to 
what already exists in the room, but we aren't necessarily shining a light on. Um, and so I think probably most people could relate to this, this need to feel yeah. productive. Um, yeah. So that was, that was some of the, the mindset, uh, of the writing behind it. I really loved your line about, um, she probably gets eight hours of sleep. I was like, mm, that would be nice. Right? <laughs> Darn fig tree. <laughs> probably maybe more. Do fig trees sleep, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> she probably eats all organic. Exactly. And has her life figured out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts on, on, um, spiritual, uh, spiritual writing as a spiritual practice? We're going to give folks a, a prompt in a, in a minute or so, but you have any other thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, that's a great question. I just would encourage people to dabble in it. I think um, <laughs> uh, when I was when I was in college, I got a random roommate assignment, and my roommate, <laughs> fun. right? My roommate's name was Gina. We called her Girl <laughs> Gina, and um, Gina was this like perfect Christian nineteen year old, and I. <laughs> was baffled and amazed. She was like in bed every night at 9 p.m. freshman year of college. Wow. And she spent an hour reading her Bible and journaling. Wow. And I had a bit of an existential crisis because <laughs> I believed myself to be a good and faithful Christian and yet uh, was like eating popcorn for dinner at midnight many nights and never <laughs> opening my Bible and was like, oh no, I'm doing it all wrong. So I remember going to my campus minister, um, and kind of expressing some of this anxiety about like, I want to be like Gina. I want to be as disciplined as she is, but I just cannot imagine that routine working for me. Um, and my campus minister said, uh, <laughs> she was like, first of all, Sarah, you're absolutely right. You're way too wiggly for that. Like this is <laughs> not going to work. Um, and then she just was like, you need, you need to find the routine that works for you and mm -hmm. you do not have to have Gina's same spiritual practices. You need the ones that work for you. Yeah. And so she challenged me um, to pray while I was moving. Mm. And so I started um, praying while I brushed my teeth at night and in the morning. And I started to pray for the people that I passed on my way to class. And that became uh, my first spiritual practice. Mm. And I think writing works for me because it is this tangible yeah. movement of pen to paper. Um, so all I would say to those listening is um, find the spiritual practice that works for you. Mm. And if writing does feel like something that works for you, then I would love to hear about it. And I would love to talk to you about it because it's one of my favorite things. And if you're like, oh, well, I don't know if writing's worked for me. I've never tried it. Then try it. I challenge you to try it during this Lent and just to see what it cracks open in you. Mm. And if you try it and you hate it and it's not for you, then you may be my girl Gina and you may have your own path and that is good and holy. And I honor that. So hmm. I hope people just uh, maybe give it a try. Hmm. So, so on that note, um, we are going to give keep, uh, people a couple minutes here at the end. Um, hopefully uh, we would obviously love if you did try this out. And um, I've asked Sarah if there's a, a prompt or something that, um, can help folks get started at home with this. I know for me, it's hard to just start writing those rambling, you know, pages. But right. when I'm given a prompt, I can usually, you know, get at least a page out there. Yeah. Um, so Sarah, do you have a prompt that you could give our folks at home uh, to, to, to spend a few minutes trying this out at home today? Yes. So I'm going to give a, a handful of short questions. And I would say, um, 
if you need to pause and write these down, then feel free to do that. Um, but also feel free to just pick one of these and start mm -hmm. with it. Um, and then I'll give you a prompt for, for maybe more longer form writing if poetry is, is not your niche or if you just want more long form. <laughs> but um, a few of the questions that really help me is the first one is, where did I see God today? Um, where did I see God today? The second is, um, what is giving me hope right now? And what is breaking my heart right now? And the third is, where did I feel connected today? And where did I feel disconnected? And that connection could be connected to God, connected to your true self, connected to your call, to your community, whatever it is. But those are the, those are three questions that I can almost always find room to write to. Uh, so I'll repeat them. Where did you see God today? What gives you hope and what is breaking your heart? And then where did you feel connected and where did you feel disconnected? The last challenge I would write, which this might be a little bit more longer form, is we are inviting folks um, during this Lenten season to think about uh, times in their life where their world might have turned upside down and where they saw God in that. And so each week of Lent, you will hear one person share in the pulpit a story, a moment of a time in their life where their world turned upside down and, and they felt that they were not alone in that. Um, so that is the other invitation to you is, is to take pen to paper and, and to maybe write out the story or a memory or process a time where you felt like your world turned upside down and where you saw God in that. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for this. Um, I hope folks at home that you can um, just spend a few minutes today or even just this week uh, working uh, through those prompts or something else. Uh, just give this a try. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me uh, this month. It's been really fun um, to talk about writing with you. Yes, I love it. I love it. I can't, um, if you end up writing, share, because I'd love to hear. As long as you're comfortable. As long as you're comfortable. <laughs> or keep it to yourself on your journal, whatever floats your boat. All right. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Crossroads. Managing Editor, Jamie Staley. And Editors, Vashina Brisbane, Kelly Picayo, and Emily Dombroff.